Welcome to this week's edition of the St. Paul Podcast. I'm Peter Marty, Senior Pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church, located in the heart of Davenport, Iowa. Right here each week, you can hear a message to inspire your walk with God and hear beautiful music to fill your life. Let this podcast be your occasion to contemplate some of the deepest things in life, just as I hope it helps faith come alive for you.
beginning of a new year provides a perfect opportunity to set some goals. That will be personal goals, perhaps, family goals, professional goals. Many of us do this every year, and I will include myself in that many. Not that goal setting is everything, because it's not. We fail to reach many of our goals, either because they're unrealistic or somewhat arbitrary, or because something else gets in the way. Today, I want to think with you about what that something else is that gets in the way. Specifically, I want to suggest to you that in the Christian life, there is something called faithfulness that deserves to supersede so many of our goals or goal settings. We'll talk about that today through the lens of adoption. Now, you may not consider yourself an adoptee, since your biological parents may well have raised you. But I'm going to be suggesting the merits of, and the New Testament background to, you thinking of yourself as an adopted child of God. There are implications here, and good ones, to that idea of God functioning like a good adoptive parent. One who takes you in, holds you close, and gives you a future no matter what. Why does this happen? Well, according to the writer of the letter of Ephesians, it's because this is simply the good pleasure of God's will. In other words, it's exactly what God wants to do. So I'm going to read from the letter to the Ephesians, just several verses from the first chapter, beginning at the third one. And there are a lot of words in this little passage, but pay special attention to the one verse where we're told of our adoption. Ephesians, the first chapter, the first three verses. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Just as God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before God in love. God destined or selected us for adoption as God's children through Jesus Christ according to the good pleasure of his will. This to the praise of God's glorious grace that he freely bestows on us in the beloved. So take a listen now to a message about fidelity or faithfulness. When our son Jacob and our daughter Rachel headed off to college, I wrote them each a letter in the opening weeks. Uh, not an email, not a text. I wrote them a letter, put it in the mail, and I, I guess what I wanted to do was to tell them how much they meant to us as parents and to share some of the hopes we had for them, you know, in this new world called young adulthood and college. And maybe hopes, by extension, for the rest of their lives. And I'm sure there was some, uh, you know, parental advice thrown in there, whether it was wanted or not. Well, this morning, what I want to do, maybe some of you have done the same, by the way, where you have written a letter to someone that's very reflective because you thought, I need to put these thoughts into words. So I have one of those letters this morning. It was written some years ago. 
by a, name, a man named Gil Mylander. He's a, he's a good guy. He's a bright ethicist. He teaches now towards the end of his career at Oberlin College in Ohio. And a number of years ago, he wrote to his son Derek, a 25-year-old kid who was adopted, and he put a whole lot of thought into this letter. It's a magnificent thought, I think. So let me excerpt from it. Dear Derek, I recently commented on how casually we said yes when Mom asked me whether we should agree to have you come into our family as a foster child. A simple decision on a busy day, and it shaped the rest of our lives. This is worth thinking about together. Well, Mylander then, he contemplates what life would have been like had they not said yes to Derek. Well, I suppose we would have had more time. I would have had more time to get my work done, for sure. Had I not said yes to your mom, we would have had a little more money along the way as well. And we wouldn't have had a string of 24 consecutive years of children's piano recitals which may be a few more than any human being deserves. But Mylander goes on to say, he says, that's not all. I would never have heard your cheerful good morning, which was amazingly cheerful, at 6 o'clock every morning. I would have missed years of playing pepper in the backyard. I would never have seen a bedroom decorated for Halloween quite like yours always was. And he said, I couldn't imagine that I would have laughed nearly as much if you hadn't been in our life for all these years. But then he comes to the most important point, and it's powerful. And if you're like me, by the way, uh, and you set a lot of goals in your life, because that's how you think and that's how you operate, uh, we really need to hear this part. Too often in life, he writes to Derek, we suppose that the way to live is to think through what we want to do and then figure out how to do it. This is why people talk so much about setting goals. Thinking this way is supposed to prepare us to live as responsible people. But he goes on to say this, the truth is that life seldom works like this. Much of the time, We've already committed our lives to important things before we ever get to decide what particular goals we want to have. The trick of life, he goes on to write, is not to figure out who I am and then what sort of commitments I should make. The trick in life, says this Gil Mylander, is to become the kind of person who can carry out the commitments or the responsibilities that I've been made or that have been handed to me. So he says, don't imagine that the point of life is just to set goals. Think instead that the point of life is to be faithful to all of the commitments that have already been built into your life. And he says a little more. He says, you know, people who make goals, they're everything. These are people who think that the most important things in life can always be consciously chosen. But people who make faithfulness central to their lives, these are people who realize that very often our responsibilities, our circumstances, and our obligations, they come to us in ways that we may not even choose. 
or want or expect. He closes his letter. Derek, you came into our house and you stayed and you stayed. This little bald-headed kid with glasses. I didn't choose the things that would work out exactly as they did, but you know what? Along the way, I realized that you were my son and you realized that I was your dad and we had goodness and we had responsibilities to each other. That is a tremendous letter. This is a dad who's helping his son realize, because he's realized, that when you adopt a child, there are commitments, there are responsibilities, there are obligations. They're just built into it. And the joy comes with honoring faithfully those commitments that come. You know, I happen to think goals are great. Uh, My life and yours, I think they'd probably be a meandering mess if we didn't have uh, goals that we could set at a high school counselor. If you don't know where you're going in life, well, you're going to land in some pretty bad places, he said. So, I set and you set short-term goals. We set long-term goals. We set objectives. We prioritize our objectives, and then we go after them like a target. It's kind of the philosophy, you know, follow your dreams. If you have a goal and if you want to achieve it, well, then you work really, really hard. And everything you do to get there, and one day it's going to come true. Voila. Well, that's all well and good, but sometimes we're handed circumstances. We're given situations. We're handed commitments and responsibilities that have absolutely nothing to do with that neat list of goals that we've established. And I happen to think, after reading Mylander's letter, that maybe adoptive parents know this better than anyone. Now, I don't know if you're adopted uh, or not, but I think we all need to be aware that every Christian person is adopted. Every single one of us. That's what Paul says in the book of Galatians. That's what this little writing in Ephesians says today. You may have biological parents, living, deceased. You may have adoptive parents, living or deceased. But we all have God as our adoptive parent. On top of whoever it was that cared for us. This is why a lot of people, when they go to bed at night, they say the Lord's Prayer. Because they're speaking to that adoptive parent, that extra parent, whom the psalmist says never slumbers or sleeps. This one, who, like Gil Mylander was trying to say, is busy staying faithful to us. Adoption, you know, it's just a central image of the New Testament. There's the angel Gabriel comes to visit Joseph and said, you need to take this, this Mary and you need to take this baby in this womb as yours and you should name this child. You need to accept this one as in the line of David. And lo and behold, Jesus became, as far as anybody in Bethlehem was concerned, the adopted son of Joseph. You know, I think the more we think about adoption, the richer our faith lives actually become. Some of you 
actually adopt kids at Madison School. It doesn't mean you have to move them into your home, but you adopt them in your hearts. We have people in this congregation, and you may be among them, who are in the Big Brothers or Big Sisters program. You have adopted kids into your heart. There was a couple in church here last week. There's six grandkids. They all have pen pals with individuals in Ghana. These are like adopted siblings of theirs that they're communicating with in Ghana. And I think there's a sense in which every father and mother in a church like this one is also an adoptive parent, even to their own biological kids. When we have a baptism here, what I try to communicate to parents is that what you're actually doing is you're putting your kid up for public significance. You're basically saying, we can't raise this child all by ourselves. It takes a whole community of faith. And you're handing your child over to to God to become a part of a new family. It's called the body of Christ. Because we prize something greater here than the nuclear family. As attractive as your Christmas card is, or I hope mine is, we prize something called baptism. You know, where God adopts all kinds of people and puts us together in a much more diverse family, a much richer family than we could ever create biologically. And so I say to parents when it's baptism time, you know, you're relinquishing your kid to God. That's what you're doing, and then you're receiving her back, but not as your own possession, but more like one whom God gives you to care for and cherish. During the pandemic, we've had to do many private baptisms because we couldn't gather. And if there's a drawback to that, it gives families the idea that this is primarily a family event. But it's not that. That's not the case. This is a chance to recognize that we are adopted uh, children of God. God has chosen us for adoption through Jesus Christ. Why? Because this is the good pleasure of God's will, says the writer of Ephesians. We get to understand ourselves as children of God. That's what the Gospel of John, I just read, you know, all who receive this Jesus Christ become as if children of God, adopted ones, you know. A really awesome, awesome thought. And God does precisely what a really good adoptive parent does. God loves us and loves us into the future. God gives us a future. God receives us as valuable, as worthwhile, even when we go off and do ridiculous things and run our own ways. Why? That's because God makes faithfulness central to God's whole interaction with the world. Not goal-setting, specifically, but faithfulness. It's just the most beautiful concept that we Christian people get to live with. And you just think in your head of all the people who show great, great fidelity. If you're caring for someone who needs a whole lot of care because of a chronic illness or otherwise, 
or a parent of a child living with disabilities. You know what's most impressive? It's not their setting of goals. It's their faithfulness. They realize you're just handed certain commitments in life. You're given certain obligations, and you don't always consciously choose them. But the faithfulness and the fidelity with which we care for others reminds us of how God operates. We cannot claim biological kinship to God. We can only learn to be grateful that for some mysterious divine reason, God has chosen to adopt us. And as with any good adoption, you know the beauty of it comes from the faithfulness of good parents and from the child eventually discovering that they have been received into this home as a gift. So maybe the point of life is not exclusively to set goals as important as they may be. Maybe it's to be faithful in the midst of all of these commitments and obligations and circumstances that we didn't ask for. They're just there, and they're built into our lives. Maybe our job is to be faithful because we know we've been adopted by God, this awesome divine love. So here we are on the edge of 2022 with 363 days of opportunity. How are you going to be faithful? Well, love other people every chance you get and serve where you think you might be needed most. And get angry about some injustices that don't deserve to be. They're just built in some, to some people's lives and society. Work for peace. Work for reconciliation, if not in your own family because it hums. Well, then in some other community. And above all, be ready to adopt other people into your heart. As God does to each and every one of us every single day with this faithfulness. It's hard to match can be greatly admired, but is worth all of our pursuit. Amen.
Join me in prayer, if you will, as we say together, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. May your coming week be filled with all kinds of faithfulness, faithfulness that allows you to persevere in love and commitment when all kinds of obligations and circumstances may surprise you or come at you or show up unexpectedly in your life. And may the blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. Amen. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and thanks for your support of the ministries of St. Paul Lutheran Church. Our commitment to projects that lend hope to other people stretches across the country and around the world. We hope that in a good way you feel a part of that reach. Tune in next Thursday for another edition of the St. Paul Podcast.